father's pay, no Irish Catholic had ever crossed the threshold. So why in God's name had Decker set their meeting here and not at his office? Unfortunately, the only way to find out was to go inside. He climbed the front steps and gave the imposing brass knocker a serious thump. The door swung wide, and he exchanged glances with a man got up for a fancy dress ball in his cutaway and stiff white shirt. Fortunately, Frank had been around enough rich people to know the fellow who answered the door was a servant, no matter how he might be dressed. Frank opened his mouth to quickly explain his presence here before the butler could slam the door in his face. It had happened before. But the fellow said, Mr. Malloy, Mr. Decker is expecting you, before he could speak. He stepped back to allow Frank to enter and took his hat and coat, then led him down a short hallway. Thick carpets muffled their footsteps, and Frank inhaled the scent of expensive cigars and old leather. Dark paneling covered the walls, and decorative light fixtures muted the glare of the electric lights. Nothing but the best. As they reached a small sitting room, he caught sight of Felix Decker, who was apparently trying to pace a hole in the expensive carpeting. Mr. Malloy has arrived, the butler said, then took his leave. The tall, elegant man stopped instantly and strode forward, offering Frank his hand. Thank you for coming so quickly, Mr. Malloy as if he could have refused. Frank simply nodded as he returned Decker's firm handshake. Please, sit down. Decker indicated the Chesterfield sofa. A liberal amount of silver threaded Decker's fair hair, and his blue eyes held the wisdom and cynicism of age, although today they were troubled in a way Frank had never seen before. Decker took the closest chair and rubbed his hands together as if uncertain exactly what to do with them. Felix Decker was upset. Frank didn't think Felix Decker ever got upset. Have you been here before? Decker asked. No. Frank didn't bother to explain his theory that he was the first Irish Catholic ever to enter the club by the front door. We aren't a particularly old club, Decker said. We formed back in 71, when some union club members felt the membership requirements there had become too liberal. Frank had no trouble believing that at all. I tell you this so you'll understand the men with whom you'll be dealing. Frank didn't think Felix Decker was going to propose him for membership, so he couldn't imagine needing to have any contact with the other members at all. Dealing? Yes. You see, one of our members was found dead here this afternoon. Dead or murdered? Simply finding somebody dead wouldn't prompt anybody to send for a police detective. Decker drew a deep breath. At first, we assumed he had simply passed away from natural causes. A bad heart, perhaps. He seemed to be dozing peacefully in his chair, but when one of the waiters accidentally bumped the chair, and he didn't react, well, 
He was quite cold, so they knew he had been dead for a while. But now you don't think he just passed away? No. You see, we sent for an undertaker. He was the one who noticed the blood stain on the chair, and then on DeVries's clothing. He quickly determined that he had been stabbed in the back. So, somebody here stabbed him? Certainly not. At least we are fairly confident it couldn't have happened here without de Vries raising some kind of alarm. So it must have happened prior to his arrival. As far as I can ascertain, he appeared here sometime in the mid-afternoon and went to the library to read the newspapers. He complained to one of the staff of not feeling well. He asked for some brandy, but only drank a small amount, and then he fell asleep.